Here in Aotearoa, we're being charged too much for our food. That won't be a shock to you if you've been inside a supermarket any time in the last few years. But now, it's official. For the last 12 months, the Commerce Commission have been studying our grocery market. They've come to the conclusion that there's a complete lack of competition. This means that our hard-earned dollars are not going as far as they should. In fact, the Commission went as far as to say... We have the six most expensive groceries in the OECD. There are only two real supermarket chains here. The Kiwi one, that's Foodstuffs. They own Pack and Save, Foursquare and New World. And the Aussie one, Woolworths NZ. They've got Countdown, Fresh Choice and Super Value. This duopoly and the power they hold over our grocery market is a big part of the reason the Commerce Commission are investigating. You're listening to Consume This with John Duffy and me, Sophie Richardson. This week, we're looking at the behaviour of our supermarkets, specifically how a lack of competition is keeping our groceries expensive and our pockets light. We asked both Foodstuffs North Island and Woolworths NZ to talk to us for this programme, but they both declined. My co-host, John Duffy, CEO of Consumer NZ, ex-Butcher's assistant, former New World Fruit Department worker and general food enthusiast, knows a lot about this topic. So John, why has this issue been on the radar for so long? Well, I think it's been on the radar for such a long time because it's been such an issue for such a long time. And and for older listeners, if you think back 40 years, there were heaps of players in the market. We had Food Town, we had Big Fresh, we had Woolworths, and it was a whole separate brand to count down. Price Chopper, which sounds... Awesome. It sounds really <laughs> badass as a supermarket. Chop those prices. Yeah. ShopRite and the random Three Guys. Oh, yes, Three Guys. Yeah, do you remember Three Guys? I remember Three Guys. Yeah. Very different shopping experiences across all of those brands, but they were all competing with each other. So gradually over the years, and particularly since the early 2000s, there's been a series of mergers where the market has consolidated and consolidated and consolidated until we're left with just two main players, foodstuffs and Woolworths. Consumer outcomes have worsened uh, as a result. Um, So we mentioned in the intro the Commerce Commission, or ComCom. Who are the Commerce Commission, John? So the Commerce Commission uh, is New Zealand's competition authority. So they enforce the Commerce Act and also the Fair Trading Act and various other market regulation. But they also have powers to initiate market studies. So they can be asked or initiate a study into a market. So they've had a really, really good look into the supermarket sector. And that market study is at the stage now where they've released a draft report, which is what we're basing a lot of what we're talking about today on. It's not a final report, so they're still taking input and submissions on their kind of preliminary findings. What's really interesting from our perspective is is those preliminary findings, yeah, they're pretty damning of the supermarket industry. Yeah. So I guess that leads me on to the obvious question then, which is what exactly have the Commerce Commission found? Well, they've found a number of things. So they've you know, at a high level, they've said competition is not working well for consumers. Mm. And if competition was more effective, 
retailers would face stronger pressure to deliver the right prices, the quality and the range, all of that good stuff that we talked about before. Controversially, they've found that consumers are paying high prices for groceries by international standards. And I should caveat that by saying it's economists at 30 paces around this issue. The whole profitability of the supermarket sector is an issue that is up for debate. So the Commerce Commission has come out and found that profitability is really high and exceeds what it should be in a normally competitive market. The supermarkets, as you can understand, have pushed back really strongly on this and said that their profit margins are not out of whack with equivalent um, economies internationally. That is something that the Commerce Commission is going to have to grapple with. I would say that the Commerce Commission has used, uh, you know, a really (laughs) well-recognised international economic (laughs) analysis to do this. Right, well, that makes sense. But they haven't just identified problems, have they? Yeah. Their draft report also makes recommendations for improvements. That's right. So the Commerce Commission has put suggestions such as forcing supermarkets to sell off some of their some of their brands. They've put the idea of splitting wholesale arms off from the retail arms. There's even been media reports of like a state-sponsored entrant into the market, you know, like a Kiwi shop or something like that. That's a bit far-fetched, I think. But without something drastic happening here, all of the proposals that are on the table from the supermarkets, they're just sticking plasters on the problem that something really big needs to happen. Yeah. So far, we've heard there is a lack of competition in the sector, a theme that's going to come up a lot. Unsurprisingly, the big two, Woolworths and Foodstuff, don't agree with that. They maintain that New Zealand has a very competitive grocery market. One name they brought up regularly during the Commerce Commission's conference is Soupy. That's a brand new online supermarket, which currently only operates in Auckland. But do they really provide competition to foodstuffs and Woolworths? Yeah, we're not at all um, real competition to the drop weight at the moment. And what Woolworths New Zealand turns over in an hour is what we do in six months. This is Sarah Ball. She's the founder. I don't think she could have been much clearer. They're not large enough to be a serious competitor in the grocery market. That's right. And the job we mentioned Farrow, Costco, Audi and Circle K throughout the conference. And Farrow has an annual turnover of $100 million, and that's not even 1% market share. I don't even think it's half a percent market share. And they mentioned Costco and they're in the process of building one store, but Audi definitely aren't. And we know there are 5,000 convenience stores in New Zealand and Circle K are hoping to get 2% market share in that space. So I'm just so shocked that the duopoly even consider convenience stores as direct competition. I'm almost surprised that they didn't list the child's lemonade stand down the road as a direct competitor. Well, they do all sell lemonade, I guess. But Sarah's right. Along with Soupy... Woolworths and Foodstuffs also claim that convenience stores are major competitors. John, when was the last time that you did your main grocery shop at the dairy? Oh, ever? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'd be the same. Sorry, just give me a sec, guys. I'm serving a customer. This is Ramesh Patel, the owner of Parnell's Hilltop Superette. It's a medium-sized dairy in Parnell, Auckland. It's the kind of place you can pick up a couple of extra things for dinner, but you'd be hard-pressed to create a whole meal. I googled the number of his shop, 
and cold called him. Luckily for us, he's more than happy to talk about competition in the grocery sector. Yeah, and for us, we get more competition than the supermarkets because dairies are like every, every fifth or tenth shop is um, another grocery store. So we have to compete with them. And even if we're buying it from supermarket, we shouldn't look like we are just charging far too much. So we'll have to look for those specials. We'll have to travel around to get the best price we can so we can still stay competitive. It sounds like Ramesh buys a lot of his stock from supermarkets. It sounds more like a customer than a competitor to me. So most of the groceries will be from supermarkets. There is hardly any wholesalers anyway. So we do get wholesalers in the shop. But it's never, never cheaper than supermarkets. Forget about that. Like the companies like Coke or um, Fruco, even those drinks, normally we try to buy it from the company directly. Most of the time, it is cheaper to buy from supermarkets than buying from actual company who, who makes them. So you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean, Ramesh. I asked Coke and Frucor about this. Coke said they can't comment directly on supermarket pricing, but they're confident that they were providing value to their smaller customers, whilst Frucor were unable to respond to us before we recorded this episode. This highlights one of the main issues that Comcom identified in their report, the lack of competitive wholesale access to groceries. Now that sounds like a mouthful, but put simply, it means it's really hard to enter the market as a new player, let alone compete on price if you can't get access to groceries. Yeah, it's not easy to access wholesale groceries, and that's before considering if the price that you're receiving is competitive. Remember Sarah Ball? She's the founder of their online supermarket startup, Soupy. For us, it's taken us more than two years to develop our own wholesale supply, and this has come at great investment. You really have to do research, knock down doors, and be incredibly patient. I mean, we're still waiting to get access to some major brands, and we're so small that there's just no urgency for these businesses to work with us. And you need these major brands to compete. Consumers won't switch to a new supermarket unless that supermarket has all of their favorite brands and favorite products. It's that familiarity that allows them the comfort to switch. This difficulty in securing wholesale supply doesn't just reduce consumer choice. As Sarah is about to explain, there's also a risk that Woolworths and foodstuffs use it to keep prices high. Effectively, yes. Um, They definitely have the market power to set pricing. Suppliers have been hesitant to supply to us because of the nature of the job, not for any other reason. So we really had to adapt our own model to ensure that Suppliers who worked with us would be protected from those perceived tricky conversations and assuring them that we wouldn't undercut the duopoly's retail pricing. And this is exactly why the market is so broken and our groceries are so expensive. Foodstuffs and Woolworths NZ have almost all of the market for our main grocery shop. If you want to be successful as a food producer in this country, you need to get onto their shelves. As a supplier, understandably, you wouldn't want to piss them off. We're in Nelson. We've just been um, been a little frazzled this past week because we've moved Yum into a new premise, so a new, new headquarters for us, which is pretty exciting. This is another Sarah, Sarah Hedger. To avoid confusion, let's call her Sarah Granola. Why? Because she's the co-owner of Nelson-based food producer Yum Granola. It's stocked in Soupy, 
and New World, amongst other places. She's taking some time out of her move to talk us through her experience with the foodstuffs chain. Okay, let's start at the start. So I guess our story of Yum, I guess if we walk through a little bit of our story with Yum, it will illustrate pretty well how the model, the supermarket model has changed. When we first started selling Yum, we were in Wanaka selling at the farmer's market. And then from there, people were asking for it. So I just walked it into the new world in Wanaka, found the grocery buyer and asked him if it was something they wanted on their shelf. And he said yes, and I walked out with an order. And that was how I was able to grow Yum organically into the supermarkets. That was seven, seven years ago. And it was great because um, you could build these individual relationships with the stores. Yeah, so this is where it gets a bit confusing. Sarah Granola is talking about Foodstuffs South Island. Amazingly, despite having the same name and brands, Foodstuffs South Island and Foodstuffs North Island are totally separate companies. What shifted on the North Island in the last two years is they've shifted to what they call a co-op model. And so essentially they've taken the control and the buying power away from the individual stores and they move it to one, one team and head office. And so... If you're not Hubbard's and you're not Sanitarium and you want your product on the shelf, then you need to go present to them and pitch to them. If they say no, then you only have once a year to present that product. So they have category reviews, which are once a year, and that's it. From the consumer standpoint, it's quite limiting because you have one person dictating what is going to be in all the stores and what the choice is. And so what consumer wants fewer choices and lower quality? Not me. It's pretty crazy when you think about it that we're basically letting one person decide what our breakfast options are going to be. Well, that was a pretty concise summary of how our product makes it into the supermarket. But how do they decide on the all-important price? The most information we've gotten out of them, and it's only been in the past few months, has been, oh, for your category, we would expect to see a, a 30 to 35% margin on this product. And that's more than anyone else in the whole process is making. So if we know that we want it to be sold or 15 or $16, and we have to work backwards taking out GST, that this is a price we have to sell it at to them to get them to even look at it. I know they have huge overheads, but at the end of the day, they can't be the only one that's benefiting. There's only one winner there and everyone else loses. So, yeah. 30 to 35% seems like a huge margin, but the supermarkets are well within their rights to set their own in-store prices. In a truly competitive market, if they set them too high, people would just stop shopping there. But, as we've already established, we don't have a truly competitive market. Sometimes I think, fuck the supermarkets. If I didn't have to sell to them, I wouldn't. But... There's no way around it here. Like to get the volume that you need to be successful, you do need to sell to them. And at the end of the day, that's where people are looking for your product. But if I was in the States or anywhere else, I would be selling to independents and online and you'd be plenty successful. Yeah. And also in the States, their mindset for how they buy, like in the last 10 years, they've just gone full throttle to buying online. And so whatever they can buy online to have them deliver to their doorstep, they're in. And here there's still that shift happening. People are like, oh, I want to support 
I want to buy direct. So if you come and buy to us direct, what does that mean? That means that we're getting that 35% margin that normally goes to the supermarket, right? So yes, please come, come and buy from our online shop. Like, um, so people are beginning to make that connection. Like we as people have the opportunity to vote with our dollar every single time we shop. Sarah has worked out that supermarkets are making the biggest margins and that it's more profitable to sell directly via her web shop. But what's that got to do with us customers? Well, here's the thing. She could sell cheaper on her own site, still make more money, and we'd get a better deal. But Sarah says that foodstuffs check in just to make sure she isn't doing that. Yeah, I just had that. They just reminded us this last week because for the first time in four years, we're increasing our prices. And so, yeah, so I was on a call with our category manager and they were like, oh, hey, so we were on your website. Notice that it's only $15.99 and you're suggesting we sell it for $16.99, you know? And so I was like, well, that's because the price change isn't until the 25th of October, at which time it will be adjusted on our website. So, yes, yeah, they do make sure. So this is really interesting to hear. Even though, in theory, Sarah is free to set her prices at at whatever level she wants, the fact that she's worried that Foodstuffs is checking in on her and monitoring the prices on her website disincentivizes her from setting her price at what would be a normally competitive level. So the risk is that supermarkets get away with this behaviour because there just isn't enough competition in the market. And this is something Sarah is more than aware of. Yeah, And now you can see why I kind of wish we didn't have to sell into supermarkets. I wish there was another way. I wish they were all more Wilsons (laughs) and Common Sense Organics. You know, like, um, I wish there were more of those. And this is the exact situation that the Commerce Commission has identified in its draft report. The need to create a more open wholesale market. But will their proposals actually work? Competition is one thing which can bring the price down. But then it's always the bigger one who wins that competition. Company is never going to give you a cheaper price if you're just buying a little quantity. And that's where the problem sits, you know. Remember Ramesh Patel? He's the owner of Hilltop Superette. And I don't think government can regulate that. You can only sell it at that price, whether you buy one box or ten box or ten pallets. That's not going to happen because government can't do that. And they shouldn't be doing it anyway because that's not democracy. <laughs> you can't really say that. You can only regulate um, some little things. It's always going to be the small purchasers who are going to lose. I see the problem, and that is I don't have any solution to it. So that's our capitalist friend Ramesh. Unlike the Commerce Commission, he doesn't think the creation of a new wholesaler will make business any cheaper for him, or by extension for his customers. This is in direct contrast to our first Sarah, Sarah Supi. I think being able to gain access to independent wholesale suppliers is super important, not just for us, but for other new entrants and other independents who are in the industry. An independent wholesaler would enable the efficiencies that will drive better outcomes, including pricing to consumers. I mean, at the moment, the only efficient wholesale businesses are those that are vertically integrated into the duopoly and no one else can get access so, yeah, it would enable new entrants to easily access wholesale supplies so we will potentially find more players entering the market. And this is only good news for consumers. So, John, over this episode of Consume This, we've been exploring competition in the grocery market and what effect that's having on the prices that we pay. And after all that, what do you think? 
Will the Commerce Commission's review of the sector and their proposals have any tangible effect, or is this some big talk fest and goes nowhere? Well, I think they already have. Um, you know, the supermarkets have already conceded, firstly, that there's a problem, and that in some areas, which I would describe as the low-hanging fruit, they need to change. So they've already agreed to be more honest and upfront and less confusing with their pricing structures. They've agreed to um, stop the restricted covenants on land. They've agreed to a voluntary code of conduct to regulate their dealings with suppliers. But again, those are all things that could happen right now. You don't need a Commerce Commission market study to tell you that all of those things are not good for consumers. The really big, controversial, meaty part of all this relates to the structure of the market. So we know that over the last 20 years, there have been no effective new entrants, even though there are serious profits to be made. Mm. There's money on the table. And in a a normal market, a, a new entrant would see that money on the table and go, yep, I'll have a piece of that and set up and come into the market. That hasn't happened. Why? It's because of the way the market is structured. The Mm. supermarkets own the wholesale at the distribution layer. In some cases, they're owning production as well. It makes it really, really difficult for a new entrant to come in. So something has to happen to make it easier for a new entrant to come in. So what does this mean for you, our supermarket shopper? When can you expect to walk into a supermarket and pay less for a loaf of bread or a carton of milk? The short answer is, I don't bloody know. Right now, the Commerce Commission has taken stock of evidence and opinions from all parties. And come March 8th, they'll release their final report with their recommendations. Then we'll all sit back, buy some overpriced popcorn and watch how it all unfolds. You've been listening to Consume This with John the Juniper Berry and Sophie the Salami. This episode was produced by Tom the Tomato. Consume This is brought to you by Consumer NZ. We're a not-for-profit organisation which is supported by our members. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a member. Membership gives you access to a whole heap of benefits. To find out more, just search Consumer NZ or click the link in the show notes. Thanks to this week's guests, Soupy founder Sarah Ball, Yum Granola founder Sarah Hedger, and Hilltop Superette owner Ramesh Patel. Both Foodstuffs North Island and Woolworths NZ declined to speak to us for this episode. Hello, I am Abby Darman and I work in the campaigns team at Consumer New Zealand. I want to tell you about some of the exciting work we're doing here at Consumer New Zealand. Right now, literally, as we speak, we are working really hard to keep big businesses and our lawmakers in check. So we're currently engaged in taking on unfair retirement village contracts, misleading supermarket pricing and dodgy green claims. To keep up this good work, we need to raise $50,000 before the 24th of September. So please, if you can, help us to help others by heading to consumer.org.nz forward slash donate. Thanks so much.